2: Ron and Anian. We're going to have better technology and I agree with that. I think a hundred percent we're gonna have better resources. I think electric vehicles are going to, you know, overcome the hurdles. I just don't know if they're gonna do it in the seven years that we've mandated and laid down to, to have that happen. <music>
0: The car doctor. The moral of the story is that EVs are out there and the infrastructure for them is not out there. And basically what happened was a two-hour road trip ended up in five hours. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian. The car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and
2: call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. If auto repair (laughs) by the week was a baseball game, and we were talking, sitting around the family table, having a burger and a beer one night, I tell you, this week was bottom of the ninth. Two outs, bases loaded, and every day you got up and you had a swing for the fences. We're a small three-bay repair shop. We're not huge, and it's just two guys. It's me and Danny. Um, and, I, and I stress that because a couple of people called the shop this week from around the country, and it's really kind of funny to hear people go, you know, if you ever see Ron, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll let them know that. Um, and then they figure it out. Uh you know, and they're like, well, gee, Rush Limbaugh never answered his own phones. Well, that's true. I'm not Rush Limbaugh, though, um, or Howard Stern or Bob Grant. or Listen, I'm just a street-smart blue-collar mechanic trying to make it all work and put it together and help you guys and fix cars at the same time week to week. But this week at the shop was crazy, when I tell you crazy. I mean, I'm always saying crazy and busy, and you know I've always got a lot going on. But the fence analogy is probably correct in my open today about swinging for the fences, because we couldn't see the fence, the back fence where the, you know, the end of the property where the fence line is. There were cars stacked double road right across. It was just nuts. We worked every day just trying to get to the point where we had a parking spot for ourselves. And 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 it was just crazy. It's It's got to be a trend, because I don't think you guys want to buy cars. I don't think you can find cars to buy, which is part of it but I don't think you want to buy cars. I was I was reading some of the prices. I don't know what it's like everywhere else, but here in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, I'm seeing prices of three to $10,000 over manufacturer sticker price for a new vehicle. Which, by the way, I'd like to know your thoughts on that if you want to share that this hour or next, 855 9900 I mean, that's nuts. You know, I had a thought about that, and I'm a little off subject here, but... You know, let's say you buy that $53,000 vehicle for $63,000. I'm thinking about the new Ford Bronco, the Ford Bronco. I think it's a Sport or an Outburst or an Outbreak or something like that, some highline Bronco. And you pay $10,000 more than sticker price. In 2 years, if the market corrects itself and all of a sudden they're not overinflating prices, what will that do to the value of the vehicle? Will that $63,000 vehicle depreciate from 63 or 53? I think it's going to depreciate from 53. So now it's going to drop like a stone. That fifty-three thousand dollar vehicle will be worth thirty grand. So you really got to want that vehicle or need that vehicle to spend that ten grand over sticker, right? That just doesn't make any sense. But regardless, we are busy. And Thursday night, Thursday night, it was all hands on deck. We 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 stayed late, um, and got as much done as we could. Uh, we even had research. Kathy coming in, and she swept the floors and emptied the garbage cans just so we didn't have to do it. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just that kind of a crazy day Thursday. And we got some Friday's cars done Thursday night because people had dropped off early and they were simple, you know, basic services and stuff. And We got all those done. And then we came in Friday and just banged away and chipped away at it and chipped away at it. And, you know, we came in 6 a.m. I was there quarter to six Friday. Danny showed up about six ten with egg sandwiches and Um, you know, away we went and it's, it's, you know, you sit there and you think to yourself, is it the right thing to do? It's, and I couldn't help but think to myself, I said, you know, this is like being a baseball team and it's like being the manager. You've got to make the right moves at the right time. You got to bring in your heavy hitter, heavy hitter when you have to, when you can, and you got to bring in the right pitcher for relief. We got to the end of the day. We wanted to go home four o'clock. We got home, we got out of there at five. Uh, so we, we we sort of made it because in my mind when I try to go home at five I get out of there at seven. So I figured trying to get out at four, trying to get and got it getting out at five was pretty close. And it was the funniest thing. It was it was four twenty two. I remember looking up at the clock and Danny and I were walking around sweeping the floor and we we could actually see the fence. We could see the fence to the left and then coming up towards the shop. So we had about one, two, three, four, seven open parking spots. Without being double stacked, there's a there's parking for eleven spots without getting into the mishigas of just putting it anywhere in the sh, in, in the yard. So we had we had seven open spots, four twenty two. Four cars showed up. Five minutes later, another two cars showed up. Before we went home at five o'clock, there's now nine cars sitting on property, four of which were scheduled, five were not, for next week, and there's still more cars coming Monday. I. You know, I said to my wife last night, I said, Snap-on Tools just got, oh, I think they're just starting to trade on the stock market. I'm thinking, you know, do you invest in a tool company? Because people are going to be fixing cars. I think I think we're going to be selling more tools. I think there's going to be more of everything from a different perspective now. It's, it's you know, it, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So I'm, I apologize if my voice sounds a little worn out today. I'm a little worn out. It was, uh, um, I'm just coming off the... Uh, a tough work week, and then the uh, wedding was the week before, and I think I'm just kind of recovering from that. So, but uh, I'm here to answer your questions, whatever they might be, um, and talk to you all and uh, see what's going on. I got a couple of great articles I want to talk about. There was one I posted it up on Facebook about the uh, Washington from the Washington Post about the f- federal government is looking into the autopilot crashes with Teslas. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Rachel Wolf. She's a reporter from the Wall Street Journal. I want to talk about her story about she took a Kia electric vehicle on a four day road trip and some of the things she encountered. And, uh, you know, just want to talk about EVs in general. I appreciated your comments this week. Uh, all of you had, you know, a lot of you had written in and uh, comments about the gentleman that rented the EV um, that went to Carlisle, Pennsylvania last week and the problems he encountered. And, uh, you know, I, I think the way we're going to solve what problems there are with EVs is by talking about it, and not attacking and uh, you know that's what we're trying to do here we're just trying to talk about it just trying to report the news as, uh, as I always like to say Mr. Ray I haven't talked to you yet let me, let me give you a, a howdy doing a hello how was your week you were out in Nevada this week weren't you yes sir yeah you were you were sending some beautiful views uh, of the state of Nevada let me ask you this so in Nevada you must have stopped to get gas price of gas the same there as here
3: yeah pretty close yes. um, but but what was interesting when I was uh, driving or well when I was driving I landed in Salt Lake City I was uh, located in northeastern Nevada and you drive on I-80 its it's a 200 mile drive there are oh about two rest stops uh, you know state rest stops on the highway Um, a lot of nothing I, I mean a lot of places where there's an exit but I mean you look around there is nothing there and it's like okay so if I had an electric car what would I do well they they have electric chargers at the state rest stops but not knowing about adapters and everything I don't know what types of chargers these are I don't know if they'll fit a car but what would you do if you're out there and he needed to charge the car. I, I, I mean i I could always, I could always stop off in one of those small towns that, that, that because there were some small towns, and find a gas station.
2: But how am I going to charge a car out there? Well, in the and, middle of the desert. And let me respond to that, Tom, because my thought has always been: when you get out into the rural parts of the country, it 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 becomes it's 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 easier. To haul ten thousand gallons of gasoline to a remote part of the state or remote part of the country and dump it into a tank in the ground and have it there to dispense for everybody, than it is to build an entire electrical infrastructure to get electricity to remote parts or enough electricity to remote parts to allow it to charge an EV. And, and that's a question I have that I have not gotten an answer to yet. Like, how will they do that? Um, you know, is it going to be is it going to be solar charging from the sun that we've somehow created a new technology that we can? electrically charged vehicles that they're not talking about yet it's all the physicists and all the uh, theorists that we talk to say you know we're years and years away from that so i don't know i but yeah it's 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 an interesting thought so
3: listen let's pull over well, to, what's yeah. interesting out there is that you see you know you'll, you'll see you'll see utility poles in certain places but like these state rest stops it's all underground i don't know where it's coming from underground um but it's there but What's the capacity? I mean, how, how, what could the capacity possibly be when they put that rest stop in years ago? It, 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 I mean, you had a couple of vending machines. You had some lights and maybe a well pump. Right. And now you're
2: talking charging an electric car? We had a, um, we have a post up on the Facebook page going about electric vehicles, and uh, John Z from California wrote, and he made a very good point, that the average home, the average older home has a 100-amp service, maybe 150. Now, he's in California. His neighbors have EVs. They need a minimum of a 75 to a 90 amp service alone just for the electric vehicle. How will you upgrade the older home to charge that electric vehicle? And if not, are we developing EVs just for certain parts of the country rather than the whole country? It it just so lots of questions. Listen, I don't want to.
3: Well, you, you you need to change the main service panel and then run that circuit into the garage. But you also need to upgrade the wire from the pole, and then the power company needs to come in, and they have to upgrade the transformer. And we had that in this neighborhood a couple of years ago, not electric car related. But I'm gorgeous day. Today's a gorgeous day. Sun's out. It's, it's 80 degrees. It's wonderful. And all of a sudden, the power went out. And it happened numerous times, uh, you know, over a course of about right. a year. And the power company came out, and when the guy told me, this guy actually had a brain, uh, he says, you know, he says, when this neighborhood was put in, there were two houses on this transformer. Now there are nine. He says, this transformer is not sized properly.
2: He went and got a new transformer. We haven't had a problem since. And they're going so. to do, they're gonna have to do that for every neighborhood. Hey, let's, let's pull over and oh, take yeah. a pause. 855-560-9900. Ron Anini, the car doctor and company. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
0: No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: What's more fun than listening to Ron and Annie in the car doctor and getting that car fixed right? 855 560 9900. Give Ron a
2: call. Now, back to Ron. Hey, let's cruise over to California and talk to Tim. Tim's got a uh, an EV story. I guess we struck a nerve. Tim, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How's it going?
6: Oh, very good. Thank you for um, having me on. I wanted to share my story of my um, my aspirational um, uh, desire to have an EV plug at uh, a home I'm restoring a
5: 1962
6: home. Okay. And so our electrical service provider is Pacific Gas and Electric, and um, I was told by them that um, they can't answer any questions about whether I can um, have a a larger service panel, which is a common thing that people are, you know, electrifying their house or their automobile, um, you know, need to do upgrade their service. Well, you're, their you're,
2: you're saying you can't ask that? They they said you can't ask that question or they couldn't answer it?
6: They can't. Okay. So they can't answer until you take out a building permit with your county building official. So they, you know, they make you front load with some effort and expenses to make sure you're you know, serious, a bona fide, uh, customer. So a few days later, after I got the, the permit, I, 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 I reached out to the electrical, uh, company PG and E and I was contacted by Sergio at express connections, new business representative, on um, uh, May 23rd. And I'm no closer to getting an answer than I was before. And they, um, as, as per the findings, um, of, of the, um, district attorney here, um, uh, they, the PG and PGE didn't have good record keeping after the fires that were caused by their faulty equipment. Uh, the same is, is holding true with this request to upgrade my service. And so I was asked to, um, provide pictures of the panel and breakers, um, a picture showing six feet to both sides of the panel um if i have overhead service i'm to provide pictures of the service drop from the transformer and pictures of the weatherhead, uh which is where the the service wire uh for overhead comes into your your roof line and uh the conduit to the meter and yada 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 and um so you know i i provided these pictures and the response i got um from the engineering department, sent the following email to Serge at um, Express Connections. It says, I don't think this is the right pick for the right house. The picks show a carport with blue trimming and the 3233's address is brown trimming with a brown trimming, which is redundant, kind of a a dumb sentence. And so, Ron, (laughs) what what they're accusing me of is that I'm trying to submit fraudulent pictures of another house in order to game the, game the system, in order to get this 200-amp uh, service panel upgraded from 100 under false pretenses. Uh, and they base this
2: what on... Difference, what difference would it make? If you need the electricity, you need the electricity.
6: Um, well... <laughs> Let me tell you about the findings from the local district attorney here okay.
2: um, about their record
6: keeping. But, um, but wait a minute, Tim. Uh, am I am I, so Tim, am, I
2: am I missing something? You're a customer. You want to you want to purchase an electric vehicle. You now have an older home. I'm assuming, right? With a with a one yeah. with a 100 amp electric service, and now you need to go to 200 amp electric service. So you can follow what society is telling you. Of installing so you can buy an electric vehicle correct
6: this this is a stated public policy goal of the state of California and other parties that are encouraging people to electrify their houses they have um, rebates available to encourage this and even panel upgrades can be um, um, rebated um, for this purpose and and so what we found in the um the campfire where I live now, um which is the, the fire that took out uh PG that is, according to the, the official reports is um the components were in service since nineteen twenty one and PG had little or no information about the ninety seven year old conductor and the hooks and the original hangar holes and bolted on to the hangar place, yada yada yada. And so anyway, the, in this report from the district attorney, um, after the fire that burned the entire town of paradise is repeatedly stated in this official public report that PG and E has little or no record keeping. And they had no information about, um, their equipment. So this is, this is a pattern in practice. The district attorney also found that their modus operandi is to, um, Run till fail rather than do preventative maintenance like we do on our cars, changing the oil and the filters and like that, <laughs> they pretty much wait till things break and then fix them um, and so yeah i'm I'm having quite the difficulty here with these folks um i, I explain to them i'm sixty two years old I have a tile roof um in order to get the pictures with the line of sight from the weatherhead to the to the line where it connects to the hole um you know i would have to go up a ladder go up on my roof i said i don't own a drone and 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 it is you know you know that i'm being unreasonable (laughs) and so i've taken two dozen pictures and i've been submitting them on almost daily basis and they keep rejecting them that they're not quite right now mind you the transformer that serves this cul-de-sac um was replaced in August 2020 due to a lightning strike. So they can't even look back from 2022 summer of 2022. Tim, hold that thought. Tim, and Tim, hold that.
2: Hold that thought, babe. Let me come back to you. We'll finish up real quick. We'll talk for two minutes. I'm running Annie in the car, doctor. Don't go anywhere.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VGW
2: Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. My name the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. five six zero nine nine zero zero. Let's get back to Tim real quick in California. Tim, I got to share my thoughts with your brother, and and some questions, yeah. and for everybody else out there. So you're just uh, you're just sure. Harry, you're just Joe Citizen in California trying to get an electric vehicle put in his home, right?
6: Yeah, and I never thought it would um, uh, turn into uh, my electrical utility provider accusing me of fraud.
2: Uh, you know, and how big is your neighborhood? Is it remote? Do you have nine? Do you have we nine know, houses on the block? Do you have three houses on the block?
6: Well, we know that um, from the lightning strike that occurred in in twenty twenty that this particular transformer that I'm attempting to draw power from. Um, Serves approximately six houses and was um, originally put in probably around 1960. The house in 1962. Right. Um, so, the, yeah. So we're thinking the infrastructure went in first, probably. In, how long?
2: Yeah, how, how, how long have you lived in California, Tim? All my life. Okay. Does it does it give you cause? For, I'm just curious. Does it give you cause for concern about an electric vehicle future in California? Or anywhere else, yeah, I guess. My
6: gasoline-powered...
2: <laughs> yeah. I have
6: three gasoline powered cars and um you're gonna have to prime from my cold dead fingers,
2: I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. By by the way, how much is gas? How much is gas in your part of the country?
6: Um it's approaching six dollars a gallon at Costco.
2: And do you do you know what diesel is? I don't know if you drive a diesel vehicle. Where's diesel at? Is it higher?
6: Almost a dollar more, um, you know. Throughout this whole escalation, that um, it's been that way. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You happy with the? And
6: and and we're not. Are are you happy? We're not seeing much of the biodiesel was going to be the answer, and and I I just recently saw a sign for biodiesel available at the truck stop, and I hadn't seen that in years. And so um, that doesn't seem to be the answer because we just don't have the capacity. Right. You know, for, for how much French fry oil is there out there?
2: <laughs> well, and, you know, my my argument is still, it sounds like bringing electric into your neighborhood is going to come at such a cost. But you have to think about all the other millions yeah. of homes that are out there. How will they do it?
6: And by the way, researching this, this scenario um, in the Tesla Owners Forum, which I wasn't planning on getting a Tesla, but this is a common thing to have a arduous process with DG&E to get answers as to what you can do um what 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 it'll support and it it seems like they're trying to discourage you know a certain amount of people won't make it through this process so despite the public policy stated goal of electrification of both houses and vehicles i think we're getting pushback obvious pushback from the electrical provider
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. I'm what just gonna I, I'm just gonna add what my my last thought is that if they're if you're getting pushback from trying to add an electric vehicle to your house, and they're telling us that they want everything to be electrified, um, you know two and two is making five. It doesn't make any sense. So, but uh, you know we'll leave it there. Let's see where it goes. Tim, I appreciate the call. I'm sorry for your woes, and uh, I hope it gets better for your brother. And hang on to that gas powered vehicle. You're gonna need it. Let's get over to Lee in Michigan. Fifteen Kia Sorento and some questions. Lee, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help?
5: Hi, Ron. Thank yes. you for all, all the service you prov- uh, that you provide to uh, the Americans. My um, pleasure. I have a I have a P zero P0447 and the check engine light. Um, I pulled off the uh, on the recommendation of AutoZone. They told me that, that was probably the purge valve. This is purge valve, solenoid purge valve, and uh, canister purge valve. And so I pulled that off, and um, they sent—they gave me the wrong one. It didn't even match up. So I pulled it off anyways, tested it out with a uh, one of those trickle chargers, and blew into it, and it would activate the solenoid, would activate, and it would block the flow, and it did it reliably several times. So I put it back on there, went and bought a uh, went and bought a, uh, a gas cap, a new gas cap
4: from okay.
2: gas. Stop. And, time. Okay. Time. Um, where's the purge valve located? Let's make sure we're working on the right thing. Is it under the hood or under the car?
5: Um, the one that I worked on is right, uh, is the one that goes into the canister. Okay. And it's underneath.
2: Okay. So that's canister vent. All right. That's the CCV. That is the correct component. So let's, let's talk about EVAP. All right. Let's explain EVAP to you. All right. So you have an idea of what you're doing. All right. So you live in a house? I do. You got a front door and a back door? I do. Perfect. Okay. Front door is the purge valve. All right? When you open the front door, air is going to escape the house and push out. When you open up the back door, that's the vent. The vent is going to draw air from the backyard, let it pass through the house, and into the front door area. All right? Front door, back mm-hmm. door, purge valve, vent valve. All right? The Your fault code is... Is a four four seven is a vent valve fault. It is a vent valve electrical circuit fault. All right. It is either it's telling you that this that the vent valve is either shorted or open. Or I'm sorry, the circuit is either shorted or open. All right. It's it's not a performance issue. All right. And there's a difference. They've they've taken OBD two diagnostics to the level that they can, you know, they can test electrically, they can test component performance. All right. The the test for that canister vent valve is really simple. Just you want to ohm across the two terminal connector. You're going to see anywhere from 23 to 26 ohms I believe is the spec. 25 ohms is a good number. Um did you check resistance?
5: On on the uh on the 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 the, the valve itself? Yes and it did have it did have a small amount of resistance and i'm pretty sure it was around in that range with a multimeter
2: okay so it was 25 it was it was 25 ohms of resistance right okay so if that's the case it's telling you that it's not that what you then can go and look at is now which did you change what part did you change
5: um well like i said they gave the they gave the wrong the, the canister valve uh, valve that they gave me was didn't wasn't the same size the, the one that was that I pulled off was a lot larger and it was off the canister and I, I I tested it out like I said I blew into it when I was activating it and um it and it and it it uh, changed the flow okay so I I know it's closing up I know the valve is like closing up and opening up but I wonder if it could be the um. The sensor, the pressure sensor.
2: It could. Well, no. This is an electrical fault. This is if you look at the definition of a four four seven. All right. I'll tell you what, Lee. Let me not rush this. Stay put. Let me pull over, take a pause. I'm up against the clock. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about this some more. All right. Don't go away. You got. You got two minutes, right? You got. You got. You got some time. Um, stay right. Stay right where you are, Lee. I'm running Any and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this.
7: work
2: welcome back Ryan, the car doctor lee you are there yeah four four seven is canister closed vent circuit fault that's it it's just looking at that canister closed circuit that canister closed valve or what i what i think of as a vent valve so you know if and you don't have a scan tool do you
5: um, I, I, I do have a scan tool at the uh, Innova 5410.
2: All right. Does it have bi-directional control?
5: I don't know if it can turn things on and off. I, think I still have to look that
2: up. Okay, because this would be this would be a key place where plugging the valve, turn it on and off, does it cycle? Does it electrically work? So this could be – let's talk about what this could be. This could be a problem with the valve itself, and there's no rule that says you don't have an intermittent electrical reading, right? God knows things fail electrically on an intermittent basis – every day, all right? This could be a wiring issue. This could be a pin connector issue with the PCM or the relay that powers this canister closed valve to turn it on and off. Mm-hmm. So okay. so we don't want to focus on just that. If you don't have the ability to bidirectional control this, based on if you want to just talk, if we just want to shoot the parts cannon, all right, and and talk uh-huh. and talk about parts replacement, Go to Kia, price out a CCV valve from Kia. I think it's under 50 bucks. I don't think it's a lot of dough. Um, you know, sometimes you get to the point where the hour diagnostic time you're going to buy from a repair shop on a 7-year-old car that's got a common pattern failure of CCVs. If it's, if it's a $50 or less part, sometimes throwing the part at it will either fix it or at least tell you what it's not. Okay. All right. But you, the other thing you could try is clear the code. Put it all together. If you clear the code and put it all together, does the fault come right back?
5: Yeah, we did it twice already.
2: And it comes right back.
5: Yep, comes right back.
2: Okay. It comes
5: right, right, ten miles, at least a little less than ten miles.
2: Okay. Does your does your tool give you the ability to look at monitors?
5: Yeah, it does. It it can graph what's going on.
2: Okay. So why don't you take why don't you Clear codes, take it for a ride, watch the EVAP monitor. It's, well, it, it should tell you that the EVAP monitor is running, right?
5: Right. I think you can even watch that.
2: Right. Yeah. And then <laughs> if, if after it runs, is that when the check engine light comes on? Okay. And if it does, you're dealing with a fault that happens as a result of components being activated during the running of the monitor. Mm -hmm. All right? The computers Mm -hmm. test all their sensors two ways. The transition from key on to engine crank, run, and release is the first. And it's doing it in the blink of an eye, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's doing it while the component is being operated as part of its monitor itself. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's no rule that says that that CCV valve... While it's being operated, doesn't have an internal problem that's causing it to short or go open circuit, creating a false creating a problem that you can't see because you're bench testing it.
5: Right. Okay.
2: All right. I'll do that. If we were in the shop, I'd hook a bulb to this connector and I'd get a scan tool to activate it, and you know I'd turn the bulb, I'd turn the circuit on, and I'd look at the bulb. Is the bulb lit? And then if I wiggle the harnesses and play with the pins at the PCM and all the components, does the bulb stay lit? Yeah, great. Then you know what? it's 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 not the harness it's the component itself that's how oh, I, I, that's I've how got, I would normally do it
5: i've got one of those lights like that that i could uh, um hook up in there so as soon as i turn the key on that thing should that connector should be should get uh, 12 volts or 5 volts or whatever yeah, look, 12 Gra- volts
2: grab a, grab a wiring diagram and take a look at it don't put a bulb across it that's got less resistance than that relay though okay all right 25 yeah. Which on. which is the trick. You've got to create the same amount of electrical load. Okay. All right. Or you're gonna go down to key and find out that this thing that we're talking about is twenty six bucks and put one in it.
5: Okay. <laughs> I think they already told me it was like seventy two. That's what they recommended too that it was right. the yeah. valves too. Yeah. But
2: yeah, they're common. Yeah. Okay. They're common. All right.
5: All right. Well thank you.
2: You're very welcome, kiddo. Keep me posted. Be well. Let's uh, tell you what. Let's pull over early when we come back. Wait, here comes the IKEA. What's a IKEA? I don't know. IKEA. It was. It was a IKEA. Let's pull over and take a pause when we come back. We'll go to Will in Virginia. I'll be right back. Don't go away.
7: work.
2: Welcome back. We're on today, The Car Doctor. Let's get over to Will in Virginia. Will, welcome to The Car Doctor. What's on your mind?
8: Hey, how you doing?
2: Good. What's a going good on? Good talk
8: to you. Calling call regarding last week, I, I heard a phone call about um, EV vehicles and things like that and I had a couple comments to add to it. Sure, go ahead. They were Comparing a, a Nissan Leaf, which has an absolutely terrible range, so I understand the customer disappointment, and I deal with range anxiety all the time. I'm I'm an EV tech for General Motors. I work at a dealership and been doing it for several decades now. And not all not all EV vehicles are the same. So to give them all a bad rap over one vehicle is kind of misleading to the public, I would think. But I'm
2: well, listen, let me well let me just jump in here. I don't <laughs> I don't I wasn't. Trying to say all EVs are bad as a result of this gentleman's experience with a Leaf. I'm sorry if it came across like that. He had the floor. He was just explaining his experience. I don't think the Leaf is a great yeah. EV vehicle either um, because of what I've seen, what I've experienced. I have a friend that's shop foreman at the local Nissan dealer, and he tells me the Leafs are really not great. They got a two 250 mile range. However, and I want to point this out, you're lucky to, you're lucky to get half that actually. Well, well, and, and let me point this out, Will. <laughs> a year ago, we had a conversation right here on the show. Where regarding electric vehicles and my comment was you can't really buy a decent electric vehicle for less than sixty grand, which I still believe is a true statement. All right. If you want You can buy a Chevy
8: bolt for you can buy a Chevy bolt with a two hundred seventy five mile range for thirty two thousand dollars right now.
2: Right. But that's not that's not something that's gonna have all the bells and whistles of a Tesla three at sixty with a good interior and wheels and air conditioning and and
8: I, I, well, I, I disagree on that. Tesla is a very mechanically sound vehicle and a very, very safe right. vehicle. Let me finish but my let, let, not
2: very good at all. let me finish my let me finish my thought, though. All right. The conversation a year ago was what can you buy for 60 grand or what could you know what would a, a, a nice EV cost to get into? And the, the benchmark was between 50 and 60. Somebody wrote in and said, you can buy a Nissan LEAF, and they held the Nissan LEAF up as the benchmark of a cheap entry vehicle, EV, that should be acceptable to the public and should be considered as, you know, buy one of these. And I won't. I don't. I, you You know. I
8: wouldn't buy one either. I wouldn't (laughs) buy one either.
2: All right. Um, But regardless. But regardless, let's, let's, let's agree to disagree, or maybe we'll agree to agree on one fact. Regardless of what brand, make, or model EV it is, you know, we do seem to have an issue on where the electricity is going to come from and how we're going to put chargers in our houses.
8: Absolutely. We're right. all still going to come from coal and natural gas for the most part.
2: Right. And it's, Absolutely. You know, I completely
8: agree with you. And, and, and listen. The, the car is actually cheaper to operate by quite a bit. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a personal of it. I'm, I can go 250 miles for less than $9.
2: Right. Right. And oh, I get that. And you know what, Will? I get that. I think they have their place. I just think we're being served something and pushed something on us that, you know what? It's got to make sense. And so far, nobody's called up and said, hey, it's real quick, easy, and simple to do. Will, I appreciate your stamina and fortitude, and I appreciate you giving us a call and sharing your thoughts. Till the next time, I'm Ronananey in the Car Doctor, reminding you good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.
7: work.